Like some week, Letterbox meets greatest hits meets happy hour with all that TV. Every week, three friends making the basic case if a show is truly essential viewing. Listen for the hot takes and stay for the camaraderie. I'm Ezra. I'm Mallory. I'm Gina. And this is Yes, I'm Still Watching. This week, we're talking about Adventure Time. The fantasy animated television series originally ran for 10 seasons on Cartoon Network from 2010 to 2018. It is currently streaming on HBO Max and Hulu. As always, a general warning about spoilers. We will be discussing everything. Does that really ruin a TV show? We don't think so. Now, let's get into it. Grumpy space princess. Oh my gosh, you guys, you ladies. (laughs) Thanks also for queuing us up. Uh, We're so excited to be recording season two. As you can probably tell, we've changed the name of the podcast. We've been taking into account all the feedback that y'all have sent in. Thanks for supporting us and for still listening. Okay. Now let's get into it for real. All right, Ezra, Adventure Time was your pick. Tell us what it's about. Adventure Time follows Finn and his magical dog, Jake, best friends who traverse the mystical land of Ooh, righting wrongs and battling evil. So every week we come up with a list of episodes that we believe are relevant to the overarching plot and canon of the show. Uh, In case you want to... Have yourself a little streaming party later. Here are the episodes that we picked. Season 1, Episode 1, Slumber Party Panic. Season 1, Episode 2, Trouble in Lumpy Space. That's my favorite one. Season 1, Episode... (laughs) (laughs) Season 1, Episode 5, Enchiridion. Enchiridion! Thank you. (laughs) Season 1, Episode 7... Another one of my favorites, Ricardio the Heart Guy, season one, episode 12, Evicted. Good episode. Classic. And now going into season two, episode one, It Came from the Nidosphere. Season three, episode nine, Adventure Time with Fiona and Cake. Season four, episode 25, I Remember You. Season four, episode 26, The Lick. Season 5, Episode 1, Finn the Human. Season 5, Episode 2, Jake the Dog. Season 5, Episode 14, Simon and Marcy. Season 8, Episode 1, Broke His Crown. Season 8, Episode 24, Islands Part 5, Hide and Seek. And then Season 10, Episodes 13 through 16, Come Along With Me, the four-part special series finale. You're literally bordering on... Clone Wars levels of required viewing, Ezra. Depends. Each episode <laughs> is basically like ten to twelve minutes. Yeah, I will. I will give it that. <laughs> um, a couple other episodes that you might hear us discussing include three hundred six, the monster, uh, four twelve, gotcha, and six fourteen, Princess Day. So, for initial reactions, then let's let's start things off, Mallory. <laughs> Why are you going to me? Okay, uh yeah. I I tend to like most shows that y'all recommend, but I did not like this show. Uh 
I mean, I watched it in two states. I will just say that. I watched it in one state where I was more coherent and I was very <laughs> critical and skeptical of everything I was watching. And then a few days ago, I watched it in a heightened state, <laughs> clouds, and I, I got it. So I'm going to say that you shouldn't be watching this show if you are just stone cold sober because you will not like it. When I was not sober, it was great because I just kind of like lost myself in the colors and the absurdity and like the very hysterical jokes that happen in between dialogue, especially in the witch episode. Uh, I put down that the two episodes that I actually enjoyed were uh, City of Thieves and The Witch's Garden. City of Thieves was just hysterical to me because you could literally see that they were trying to like make a point to children that stealing is bad. And they went about it by being like, everyone's a thief and you're going to become a thief too if you go into the city. And Finn's like, no, I'm not. I am good and pure at heart. And then just like ends up stealing inadvertently, which I thought was really funny. And then I just loved that witch, which was amazing. It's like, boom. It's like, does your magic even work? Yes, it does. Boogly, boogly. Boom. <laughs> I have to say, City of Thieves was such a thrilling ride. Like, I enjoyed it so much. I've never seen anything like that on television. It was just delightful. Have to agree. But overall, not a fan. And I gave it the the honest try. I watched five episodes, which is normally when I know if I want to like stick with the show or not. Maybe it might just become one of those shows that I'll watch at like midnight, which is what happened the other night when I just needed to like decompress. But it's not a show that I want to like sit down and get lost in in the way I do with like other cartoons, even in dramas. I mean, it took me like 10 years to get into the show because I feel like I, I missed the adventure time train, despite the fact that it was such a phenomenon at my college. Um, everybody loved it. And I mean, everybody, but I went to a film school and People enjoyed it in both states, heightened and sober. Um, <laughs> but I don't understand why the show didn't click with me sooner, considering I grew up with a Cartoon Network lineup that was, that really, I think, appealed to adults just as much as it did to kids. I mean, Courage the Cowardly Dog was yes. one of the weirdest animated That's why that's why I was very surprised that I didn't get into it because Courage the Cowardly Dog was one of my favorite cartoons when I was a kid. And I also love Cow and Chicken, like, so, so much. I think I love Cow and Chicken more than, like, Dexter's Lab. But, <gasps> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I love Dexter's Lab, but, like, Cow and Chicken is just, like, so absurd to me. And I would run around as a kid, like, Mom had chicken, Dad had cow. Dad was proud. He didn't know how. Like it's just so bizarre. And in like a similar vein, I really loved uh, Timmy and the fairies, the fairy godparents. Did you ever watch that? Oh, fairly uh, odd parents. Fairly odd parents. Yeah. yeah. On Nickelodeon. So like, I was surprised I didn't enjoy Adventure Time so much when I enjoy equally absurd cartoons like that. 
Uh, Mallory and Ezra, I feel like I fit into that space in between both of your opinions because my first reaction, I I also encountered this in college. Um, I first watched Adventure Time in 2010 and just hated it. Absolutely hated it. Was with a boyfriend at the time who was obsessed with it from the very beginning. And I just, like, like we broke up partly because, like, I just could not stand to watch the show and he was upset. Oh, a woman after my own heart. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, but whoa. <laughs> I, I admire it. I admire an example of, yeah, like, you know, entertainment is that important to me. But also... Uh, the fandom of the show was at that level like oh yes even from the very beginning it was kind of weird and so I thought it was just really incredibly ironic and I suppose like here is where um, I guess I have to share some sort of disclosure so in 2012 um, I found myself working at Cartoon Network and so thus I was also working on this show. And so what, like, at first I was like, oh, like, I have to work on this show. But, like, to be honest, like, that first year I was working on a bunch of uh, not-so-great shows. And so for this one, like, to, to, like, do my best work, I really, really tried to, like, put myself in the mind of, like, who would dig this show. And um, over the course of just, like, literally being surrounded by all of the colors and um, immersing myself in the world, like, for work, um, I came to really, really enjoy this show. Um, and um, it's, it's like, it's a really, I just think, fascinating, fascinating show and really delightful And also, I feel like the Ice King is just such an icon, a tragic, ridiculous icon. Um, And I'm very proud to say that from the very beginning, like, he was my favorite character. Like, before the Ice King got big, I was already a fan. (laughs) I I think the Ice King is the next episode up for me. So I'm like, who's Ice King? But I saw that in the description. Because the last episode I watched was The Witch's Garden. So I think, is is that right? Ice King next? He shows up from the very beginning, like in small bits and pieces. Um, his major episode, his ma- first major episode is um, the third one, Prisoners of Love, where he uh, kidnaps a whole swath of princesses and Finn and Jake have to go break them out. I don't think I watched that one because I was just bouncing around based on your recommendation, Gina, that I might like the serious stuff. And I did like Evicted because it was like more serious in tone. I know. I sound like I'm lame now. I like serious cartoons. The show is that you can jump around. Like it's it's fine. Yes, exactly. Now you have, uh, now you have some great viewing to do after this. Yeah. I mean, I, I, mm-hmm. oh, go go ahead. I, I think that it will just, as I said, be that midnight show they'll just throw on to like have something on. I actually um yeah I watch an episode or two every night before I go to bed. It's it's a great way to like unwind. All right, you'll have to check back in with me at the end of the season to see if I'm still watching. <laughs> but for right now, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm I'm I could go either way talking to you both. Like I was so firmly I hate this show, but I think listening to you maybe I could appreciate it. Yeah. I think like to be like it does seem 
pretty daunting because there's technically over 200 episodes. Although those 200 episodes, again, are all uh, about 11 minutes. I think like the fact that the show lasted 10 years was kind of astounding for me. I fell off after um, I stopped working on the show in like early 2015 when when I changed companies um, and changed assignments. But I think that like it from from where it first started, um, just about a boy and his dog to like where it ends up is the... um, canyon is is just insane and kind of incredible in one of the best ways also incredibly lucrative um and so i think that's also from a business standpoint like this show makes so much bank it's crazy (laughs) but i saw that they have like a new hbo max special so it just seems like this show is literally iterating and just creating content upon content upon content Oh, yeah. There's video games, there's comic books, there's board games, there's card games, there's apps, there's um, just anything you can think of. Like, they have slapped, like, some logos on there and sold those. Wow. I mean, normally I do, like, a huge Wikipedia thing before I watch a show. And for this one, I actually just went in completely blind. So maybe you're going to get into it, Ezra, in the deep dive. But what is the history of this show? Who, like, I didn't even look up who the animator is. I know that she, is she connected to the, like, BoJack world? Because the art style seems very much like BoJack and Tuca and Birdie. Ezra, did you want to take this? Oh, no, I was just going to say, Pendleton Ward is the animator. And it's a Federator Studios production. I actually He's very much a man. Yeah. <laughs> a large yeah. bearded man. I, I got that vibe. He plays D&D and he enjoys it. <laughs> yes. And he also voices Lumpy Space Princess. Oh my gosh. Okay. Gina might know the history of the show better than I do because she worked at Cartoon Network. Um, yeah, it, it was the short that actually came out of um, the Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon's um, animation incubator and Nickelodeon passed on the show. Um, it, the sh- short was posted online where it sort of grew a cult following and then Cartoon Network ended up acquiring um, the show and building out from there. So, And I think it really opened up um, uh, a, a kind of new sort of like golden age of television um, or animated TV, which I know does uh, go with Ezra's deep dive. Yeah, no, that's like super interesting to me because I had a roommate back in like 2011, actually. So I guess right when the show was in its prime, who is an animator, she's like fantastic animator. And she was obsessed with Adventure Time and I think I did try watching it with her one night and I was not in state and I didn't really get it. But at the same time, like we also used to watch, I don't even know, all these like super weird cartoons on Adult Swim, like Super Jail, which I did like, even though Super Jail is like, like someone is on acid who did the animation style for Super Jail because it is wild. And that's why I still find it crazy to me that my brain just can't wrap itself around Adventure Time. But I was so on board for Super Jail. Like, loved Super Jail. Watched it, like, every week with my roommate and my husband, like, all the time. 
Mallory, I totally get why, like, it just, like, may not necessarily jam for you. And I think, like, this is where um, a lot of people just forget sometimes, like, about the audience. And so I think people who start watching this show, especially in, in, like, the early seasons, like, you have to remember that, like, this is a show that, like, was designed in the macro sense, like four children, six to 11 and six to 11. I didn't six to realize 11. that. Okay. Yes. Wow. <laughs> and so it might seem like really, really juvenile, like all the fart jokes, like why are there so many fart jokes? <laughs> a, it's delightful. And B like, yes, it's like, yes. what kids? Fart. kids. <laughs> okay. Well, that makes a little bit more sense, but continue. Yes. So, so that, that is the thing. Um, the other thing that I think like people forget is that like um, like TV just takes time sometimes, and I think especially with children's programming, the sort of um, macro universe and the quality and the prestigeness that we associate with like quote unquote like good TV nowadays, like it's not really always there, or like if it is there, like it takes a while to sort of come out, and so like most animated TV shows are not like avatar where there's this like giant world and like a whole unique perspective but what i thought was really fascinating was sort of like the journey that adventure time takes you if you sit with it long enough um where you come to realize like how many threads of like an incredibly complex story it um how many threads of those are laid out in that first season, even amongst like all of the silly princesses and all of the um, random adventures that they get onto um, in, in the whole macro sense of the arc and um, Finn's journey, literal journey as a hero. It is very mind blowing when you take a step back. And especially if you read the Wikipedia page, you'll be like, why is this so long? So long. Well, I started to realize that I like obviously I trust your judgment, but I guess it's a good show because it ended up Adventure Time ended up on so many like best of decade lists. Like disclaimer, I work at Vox Media, so I touched Vulture. So I've seen like their end of decade list, and I've seen like Vox.com's end of decade list and Polygon's end of decade list and Adventure Time is on that list. Oh, that's right. In 2020 is the end, well, yeah, sort of the end of a decade. And is, I didn't realize is. those lists were coming out. But yes, yeah, I would put this up there. Um, because I think in a lot of ways, it it changed TV in, in, a, in just so many different ways. Okay, okay. Why? What, how did it change TV? Like, that's the thing I'm trying to wrap my head around. How did this cartoon, like, that? You, you clearly have both of you have passion for it and love for it because you're like it's so deep and how <laughs> did it change the face of tv because i'm thinking like i watched tuka and birdie very happy that it's been revived yes um, but that like, that's not a game changer it's d- a delight it's yeah. wonderful but it's not I, a game I think about i think about like other like animated shows that i enjoy like like high quality Japanese anime like Bleach or like Death Note like I, or Monster. Like I love really serious, maybe it's just me. I love serious, like deep storytelling and animation styles and Adventure Time's got the animation style down. Like there's no question it's revolutionary and it's really like a joy to watch like the animation. But I guess I'm just trying to wrap my head around how it transformed TV of the past 10 years. I mean, 
I I feel like seeing it in real time really helped. I didn't watch the show religiously, but I think it definitely it brought in a new golden era of animation, especially on Cartoon Network. Like before Adventure Time, you see the lineup and they all have a certain look. Like they definitely look like the 90s, early 2000s Cartoon Network lineup. And then you have Adventure Time coming in and then it ushers in a new lineup that definitely models itself off of Adventure Time. Okay, there's another Adventure Time also came right on the heels of, like, Cartoon Network's very, very failed, like, live-action attempt. Oh, yeah. So so that period that, like, nobody likes to think about. Um, God, I forgot about that. Yeah. What other shows, I guess, followed in the wake of Adventure Time on Cartoon Network? I'm just not familiar with the programming anymore, apart from Adult Swim. But that's where I live. In and again... Adult Swim is totally separate from Cartoon Network. Yeah. Like they share the same bandwidth. Because I'm really like thinking like Boondocks was like pretty revolutionary to me in terms of like storytelling yeah. and animation. And that's also quote unquote Cartoon Network in name only, I guess you're saying? No, the Boondocks is considered Adult Swim. Okay. Yeah. So what other shows, I guess, follow the lineup? of Adventure Time on Cartoon Network. I know one of Gina's favorite ones, uh, We Bear Bears. Yes. Oh my gosh. From from Daniel what? Chong. What? And, and that is that is also another like iconic show. Also like just another game changer when it came to licensing, particularly international licensing. You go to Asia and those bears are everywhere. Um, what? My, yes. I'm literally expanded. <laughs> Continue. There's also in Mallory, I think you would really like this regular show. It's about a bird and a squirrel. A blue blue jay. And uh or not a squirrel, a raccoon. I think a raccoon. This is terrible because I worked on the show as well. Um, but it's it's sort of like like a a very a blue bird, tall blue bird with a beak. Yes. My nephew loves this show. So I think I watched like an episode or two of it and I was still like I'm old, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) They get very into sort of like music and like the 90s and like just weird stuff. It's fun. I don't know. That one wasn't one of my favorites. Um, Steven Steven Universe. I've heard that one. Yep. Uh, One of my faves, one of my like um, every fall go-tos to rewatch is Over the Garden Wall. Um, that was the limited series that won, I think, two Emmys for for the network. And that one is just like a weird, beautiful jaunt into like a mystical forest. And I feel like you would also love that because the music in that one, incredible. Um, You know me well. Give me (laughs) the original soundtrack and I'm there. Yeah, but to go back to Steven Universe, too, the music in that was banging. And, like, I would sing the Cookie Cat song to myself just just for fun. (laughs) And the talent that they brought on um, to Steven Universe, especially, like, the women of color 
like Estelle probably most notably was was um the voice actress for one of the main characters um but then you also had like Nicki Minaj coming by to do some voiceovers here and there um you had Leo Salonga coming by oh, who else did they have they had so many people so and also Adventure Times um rotating cast of voice actors also like a complete murderer's row yeah i mean <laughs> george took a <laughs> wow i feel like i just have i don't know i guess at that point in 2010 was when i started watching all of these like serious hbo dramas like as we talked about 2009 i started watching like boardwalk empire i was watching like Downton Abbey, Game of Thrones obviously probably took up a huge part of this decade in terms of what I was watching. Yeah. So I feel like I completely missed what was going on with animation outside of anime and outside of like the Bojack, uh, Tuka and Birdie world. The adult animation stuff. Yeah, I feel like I've gone heavy into like adult animation, but I just since I'm like no longer in that target demographic, if you will, <laughs> it doesn't appeal to me. And I remember watching an episode of the regular show with my nephew a couple of years ago. And I was just like, what is this? He's like, it's so fun, auntie. It's so cool. And like, my husband loves adventure time. Like he was literally full. Like he was the one who put it on. When I was <laughs> like, give up. He threw on the Thieves episode and was like, just watch it. Sit. Watch. And then I was just like, I don't want to show you that I think it's funny, but I think it's I think it's good now. But I think the beauty of Adventure Time is it bridges the gap between children's animation and adult animation. Um, these are things, obviously, we know. We realize growing up when we watch, like, Pixar movies and Disney movies and old Cartoon Network shows that they were actually, like, they hid adult themes in there just in a child-friendly way. I mean, Prisoners of Love is essentially an episode about consent, if you think about it. Yeah. And, I mean, the Ice King's entire story is about that because he's just kidnapping princesses against their will. Um, and people call attention to this all the time. And sometimes they deliver their lines in a very adult way where I'm like, oh, that definitely appeals to me as a 29-year-old. jokes. Um, the like weird side talk that happens where like Finn and uh, excuse me, I don't remember the dog. Jake. Jake. <laughs> like say something and then the other character responds to them under their breath in like a very <laughs> dull, jokey term. And those are the things that make me laugh the most as opposed to like what Finn and Jake are doing. I think Finn is just very strident and I think that he is a perfect metaphor for like the white male because <laughs> he's just like, I'm going to do anything that I want because I'm amazing. I'm not a thief. You're telling me I'm going to be a thief. I'm not going to be a thief because I'm, I'm thin. And then he's like, whoa, 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 buddy, like bring you down to earth. Don't be so like haughty. Like you're going to steal eventually. So <laughs> I do, I do agree with you that they, they like literally get in these adult, themes well at the same time like that episode sticks out because i was just dying at the end because they're trying to say stealing is bad don't steal <laughs> like this boiled down to that theme for kids it's funny because sometimes jake is finn's voice of reason 
And that's so ironic because anytime I hear Jake, I hear Bender from Futurama. Yes. And I'm like totally opposite spectrums. It's, It's so great. I also just love the show because I can hear so many voice actors that we grew up with. I mean, Tom Kenny as... Tom Kenny! Who is also the nicest man. Like, straight up. Nicest guy. What other... What's the rest of his, like, resume? What is he SpongeBob. (gasps) He's SpongeBob? He is. Oh, my gosh. See, I love SpongeBob. Like, I loved it when it was on. And, like, my sister thought that SpongeBob was stupid. My nephew, who is... My nephew is 16 now. Like... He thinks that SpongeBob is stupid and didn't like it when, like, he was a kid and I was just watching it and gobbling it all up. So why don't I like the show if I like SpongeBob? <laughs> Maybe you just need to sit with it for for a few more random random episodes. So yeah, I, I'm I not, think yeah for, for me yeah definitely. I think it it really helps to sit with it for sure. Um, for for me, one of my favorite aspects of this show is that, like, at the beginning, it really seems to um, stick close to and adhere to, like, really traditional, um, familiar aspects of children's storytelling. So, like, you have, like, Jake, who's this sort of, like, childlike uh, protagonist who's just down for adventure. And then he's got, he's an orphan. And so, you know, no parental figures, but he's got a best friend and he's, like, clearly safe and, you know like has has all of his um needs met in terms of just you know like survival and whatnot and then he's just going about rescuing princesses and he's you know encountering magic in a fantastical world but then like as the show goes on and as the world expands um he goes about to like unpack um in a really self-aware a lot of um the traditional thoughts um, and so, so you have, a, you know, then discussion about consent when it comes to the Ice King um, kidnapping all of these princesses and trying to decide, like, which one of them that he's going to marry. Like, like obviously, like, everybody knows that the whole kidnapping part is wrong. Um, but then the show takes the time to be like, also, like, none of these ladies, like, want to marry you. So... It, like they they take the time uh, to to really say that explicitly, and it's like oh yes, like that's that's I think like quietly radical about the show. And then I, what another aspect that I really love um, about the show too is that like even though it's like generally targeted towards like boys, um, when it comes to the whole like six to eleven, it's like really the boys six to eleven. Uh, there's like dozens and dozens and dozens of princesses on this show and there's yeah. so many different kinds of princesses and it's just it, like A, it's so funny the range, the range um, spy princess you know, breakfast what? princess, strudel um, princess love uh, space, love princess. space yes, yes wow, I just like hit the tip of the iceberg then oh yes <laughs> You have to go to Comic-Con. I went last year for the first time and there were so many Adventure Time princesses and it was just, it was wonderful. Princess, princess, princess. All over. Yep. (laughs) So So, it's like the princess that you meet in the beginning is one of many? Yeah. Okay, okay. Um, The other reason, like, to go on that whole boys versus girls, I think once you see the introduction of Fiona and Cake there is that space now that you see a lot of like women and young girls dressing up as Fiona. So 
I, yeah, then you then you have women who are able to identify with Finn as well, technically, because Fiona is there. Yeah, and this might be spoilery, but so basically Fiona mm-hmm. and Cake Mallory um, is fan fiction that the Ice King has written about Finn and Jake, but it's gender swapped. And so what? instead of Finn and Jake, it's Fiona and Cake. And, and so so Finn is is now Fiona. And wow. then instead of um, Princess Bubblegum, it's Prince, Prince Bubblegum? Was that like intentional on like the creator's part to talk about like gender being fluid? Not necessarily gender being fluid, I think, but I think to just have fun with it. I don't know. Okay. It sounds like a very deep, I'm trying to make it attach like a deep meaning to it, but that's interesting suppose it slowly evolves to, to getting deeper over the course of things mm-hmm. and uh, the meta nature of it being fan fiction was also kind of hilarious. There's three Fiona and Cake episodes specifically and so as they go on with it, like the weirder but kind of awesomer it gets, I, I think. Okay. It'll be like, I literally screamed LOL but when I realized it was fan fiction, I literally screamed and I was like, oh my god! Yeah, the fact that, like, you're saying it's fanfic, like, I just love that. (laughs) Yes, yes. Um, And then plus, so, this is terrible me. I forget the the woman who voices Fiona and the woman who voices Cake, but I remember that um, Neil Patrick Harris plays Prince Bubblegum. What? And uh, Daniel, Donald, Donald Glover. Donald Glover. Donald Glover voices Marshall Lee. The the boy version of Marceline. Wow. And then it's uh Peter Peter something? Seraphinowitz. Peter Seraphinowitz. Oh, like, okay. Wow. So star power. Massive star power. Yes. Okay. Um since you're so into all the voice actors, I have a great factoid for you. Okay. Yes, who plays Marceline, the Vampire Queen, in Adventure Time? Oh my! I know. I did. I did enjoy her character. I thought she was funny. Okay. Um, Olivia Olson, who played Joanna in Love Actually, voices Marceline. What? Uh, yep, the one who sang "All I Want." Yeah. You. Yep, she is Marceline, the Vampire Queen. Oh my gosh! Yeah, her Fry song is the best she's iconic <laughs> i i really enjoyed the eviction episode does she show up more yes oh yes so so um if if you enjoyed her um the season two opener it came from the nidosphere is another big marceline episode okay. and in the is is it in that fir- first episode so, so her fry song she sings a song about being upset with her father because he ate her fries and it's very a woman after my own heart a woman after my own heart yes yes that is sacrilege don't touch my fries <laughs> <laughs> and then um and then the simon and marcy episodes also gets really deep because it, it turns out marceline and um the ice king have a very interwoven backstory and so that's sort of like the first um breakthrough moment and i feel like that's also one of the first major moments where like you realize like how intensely this um series can tug at your heart i thought i i had gotten over this because like 
through working on the show, I've seen this one episode, like, maybe a dozen times. Every single time, like, I have ended, like, sobbing at the end of that episode because it's just so heartbreaking. Wow. You're really selling it. You really. I feel like this entire episode, the reporting is like, how can we pitch Mallory on Adventure Time? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I also to go back to the princesses. I like in addition to just like the range of the princesses. I really enjoy, and I I feel like it's like very quietly radical um, how the princesses are shown as like actual monarchs. Like they aren't just like princesses to be princesses and just sit there. Um, obviously, like Princess Bubblegum, like from the very start, she's sort of like this mad scientist, but like she <laughs> is a, a benevolent despot of a ruler when she's not, you know. Um, uh, disposing of her ethics and experimenting on them. Wow. Uh, <laughs> but they they have like, you know, like their respective kingdoms. And so one of my favorite episodes that um, uh, is in season six is called Princess Day. And it's where basically all of the princesses come together and they have this convention to like talk about the struggles of ruling. Oh and it God. seems so silly and kind of really mundane and and like the conversations that they have like do become really mundane because they they talk about trade and they talk about scarcity and they talk about um their interpersonal relationships and things um but it's also just kind of awesome to see like female characters with that level of responsibility like doing that kind of work and as as well as like wearing crowns and like being silly and and having their own adventures um and uh i think like princess day also reminds me similar in a similar way that like mean girls reminds me like that female female relationships uh can be really complex and can be really weird um part of the plot line for princess day is that lumpy space princess gets a bit ostracized and of course she's um well she's not really a ruler and uh, but she's there because she's she is a princess and then marceline was just also sort of invited just because and so marceline and lumpy space princess decide to teach their host breakfast princess a lesson because she was mean to them and so they go on this epic um just uh not a journey but um they embark on a series of events that is very akin to Thelma and Louise well uh yeah didn't think you were gonna go there (laughs) (laughs) Thelma and Louise adventure time yes okay if anyone can sell a show it's Gina (laughs) <laughs> you're you're selling you're selling it to me you are selling it to me okay so i guess you're going to answer this in your deep dive ezra but why has this show ushered in the golden era of animation as you called it so in the 90s you have shows like matt Groening's magnum opus the simpsons um you have shows that followed because you know the simpsons kicked off a mini wave of would-be follow-ups like king of the hill family guy beavis and butthead daria south park and these are all shows that 
definitely cater to adults. And then I think you have that. And then in the middle, you have a bunch of animated shows like you see on Cartoon Network that appeal to adults, but are mostly aimed at children. And then it's kind of like an Oreo. On one end, you have the adult programming. In the middle, you have the children's program. And then I think Adventure Time bridges the gap between those two. It's like the last piece. And it it's clearly aimed at children, but it's it feels like you're taking a puff of something really strong. And it's it's like this saturated version of what your children's playtime used to be and it just adults as well um let me see if i can put it more eloquently it's it's basically like they put on screen what it was like when you were young and you had all these adventures in your backyard and they just saturated it to new extremes and the show has all these little jokes in there that appeal to adults but you still appeal to children because it's it's really goofy i mean you have fart jokes but then you have hidden meanings and episodes about like consent and heartbreak and the environment, environment, how to rule as Gina went into it. I think it's just really great because yeah, it, it's a show that appeals to everyone. And then I think it's really appropriate that we're starting off season two with an episode on adventure time, because I foresee more animated programming, especially during and after the pandemic. I mean, Alison Herman of The Ringer said it best, no one in Hollywood planned for a pandemic, and so nothing in Hollywood is designed for one except animation. And this corner of the business has... Yeah, it's, it continues relatively unscathed, with, which makes sense considering it's the one without brick-and-mortar sets to cram with live actors, where remote work is not a contradiction in terms. I mean, in March, Deadline reported that animation hubs like Bento Box Entertainment, studio behind Bob's Burgers, were actively hiring while traditional production was still totally shut down. Wow, that's uh, (laughs) pretty deep and wide-reaching. I think I just really want to, like, consume more of it, really, after listening to both of you give me your case. So I guess final judgment for me would be on the fence. We'll still watch it, but I'm intrigued. I mean, I I feel like I'm in the middle where it took me a while to get into this show. Well, I mean, even Gina, but um, I think that has a lot to do with the fact that I'm more prone to watch shows like Normal People and Hannibal. What a spectrum. Um, <laughs> but once I did boy, did I fall in love with it. Um, It turned out to be the kind of escape I needed this year. I know that's such a cliche, but it really warmed my heart. Um, And now Lumpy Space Princess is one of my all-time favorite TV characters. Wow. (laughs) Wow. You have no idea. Nate and I speak in Lumpy Space Princess voice sometimes. I, I don't know how my throat hasn't, like, collapse but we do it all the time we really relate to lumpy space princess what her voice sound like i haven't seen the episode yet uh my beans <laughs> <laughs> or um what is that uh, oh, wait let me try um i will not do it justice but i'm doing so awesome on my own like right now i found this can of beans 
Deep breaths. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Finn has the hottest lumps, but his lumps are on the inside. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Sheena, what's what's your? uh... She's she's a rebellious princess, and and yeah, Lumpy Space Princess is up there in terms of icons. Um, I so so. My final judgment is that I think the show went on for too long. So <laughs> when I watch the show, it's it's always like in bits and pieces, um, just because I like I, I can't I don't have the attention span to like keep up with it for like more than twenty minutes at a time. Uh, but I think like overall, like the reach of the show, the um, a lot of like so many of the ideas that it introduced to a new generation, um, just the colors, the impact, like it's such a critical show to like watch and like give, give a chance to. And I think um, people will be so pleased. Like if once the show clicks, because then like the show is so rich and, and they've done a lot to really plumb the depths, for better or for worse, um, of of the universe. And, and so there's also just so many great directions that the show um, went on and continues to go on um, with the, the limited series uh, that they keep on churning out. And um, also the comic books. The comic books, I think, are really, really fun. So good. I would recommend. Yes. So there's like a ton to the universe that I haven't explored, is what you're saying. But there is a universe, even is. Oh yes, yes. Impressive to me. Wow. Okay. I guess I'll give it another shot. I'll watch a couple more episodes. We'll check back at the end of the season. How about that? Keep me on. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, still watch. Continue to watch. Okay. I think it's very essential. Um, definitely recommend. And with that, that wraps up another episode of Yes, I'm Still Watching, the season two opener. Thanks for listening and see you next time.